What's up, everyone? Today we're going to be talking about what is a comic book editor, featuring Heather Antos. Here we go. You're listening to Draw on Top, a show about indie comics and making comics, with your host, Tyler Carpenter. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's your boy, Tyler. Welcome to another episode of Draw and Talk, where we talk about com- indie comics and how to make comics. So today, I have a super awesome and amazing guest on the show. Her name is Heather Antos, and she is going to educate the crap out of you on what exactly a comic book editor is and how to slay the game in the comic book editor game. So if you haven't seen her work, uh, go to heatherantos.com or check out her Twitter handle below. But seriously, if you haven't heard of her and you want to make comics, then... You should probably go check her out on Twitter, like, right now. So, Heather, thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, my gosh. What an intro. I feel <laughs> like pressure's on now. It was so chill beforehand. No, yeah. thank you for having me. This is super fun. Let's let's talk comics, Let's man. talk comics. So, really quick, for those who don't know Heather, um, Heather, get, tell, us, tell us a little about yourself, how you got into comics, and then kind of what projects that you um, have worked on in the past and current projects you're working on right now so people can start buying this stuff oh my goodness uh yeah so i broke into the comic scene gosh maybe like five years ago now um i you know i was always a fan of the medium in college i was writing for a bunch of different websites doing comics journalism um going to conventions meeting people but i you know that wasn't enough for me you know i've always been a creator and wanted to be in the scene and so i started poking around to the sort of things uh, that, you know, people get paid to do in comics. <laughs> and I knew I didn't really, I wasn't really interested in writing. I wasn't interested in drawing. Um, but you know, every single comic had this mysterious role called the comic book editor. Um, and What's I knew what well, I know exactly. Cause I know, I knew what a traditional, like a uh, traditional publishing editor does, but you know, comics are so different than that. There's art. There's so there's so many other people involved. It's not just an author editor relationship. And so I was very curious by this fact. And so I did what every good millennial does um, <laughs> when they have a question, and I just began tweeting at different editors <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> and I was just like, "I'm going to be at C2E2. Are you going to be at C2E2? Let's have a conversation. I'll buy you a coffee." Um, and that's actually how I ended up meeting Jordan White, who was later my boss at Marvel. Um, I met him at C2E2 and we just sat down, had a conversation. He kind of broke down what it is an editor does. And I, you know, I just kind of knew walking out of that convention, that's it. That's what I want to do. Um, and having not or having already graduated college, it was too late for me to get an internship at any publisher. So I then decided I was going to create my own internship. Nice. As it were. Um, just to kind of showcase, like, this is what I can do. And uh, so I spent a summer putting together a giant comics anthology called Unlawful Good, an anthology of crime. Uh, 17 short stories by 50 different creators from all over the world. Um, put it up on Kickstarter, got it funded. By the time six months later, New York Comic Con came around where I ran into Jordan White again. And I said, hey, look what I've done since the last time <laughs> we talked. You know, I took your advice and, and I ran with it. Um, and we talked a little bit and stayed in touch after the convention. And about a month later, like Marvel was hiring and he shot me an email and was like, hey, do you want an interview? 
and the rest is history. I moved to New York, uh, worked at Marvel for a little more than three years. I helped launch their Star Wars comics line. Um, I was one of the co-creators of Gwenpool, um, worked on all the Deadpool books, killed Deadpool, brought Deadpool back. Uh, a couple of times and uh, various other little projects here and there in between did some Spider-Man stuff. And since leaving Marvel, I now freelance as a comics editor for a bunch of different image projects, most notably Redlands Injection and the soon to be coming out Bitterroot, um, as well as do some writing in comics and games now. So it's all it's all crazy. My life is nerdism. <laughs> that's and that, that that's the dream, though, is to be able to do something that you love full-time and i feel like now is the the best time like we live in the best like era to to do that where they're like you could start a youtube show all about sonic the hedgehog and you just talk about sonic the hedgehog and you could make money off of that and you've decided i want my work to be nerd dumb and that's what you've surrounded yourself with yeah it's it's really weird because when i was describing it i think it was the star wars interview I was doing you know I was always a huge 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 Star Wars fan growing up um like played the tabletop RPG games and everything had all the books action figures and like you know it's a thing that you do with nerd friends is you sit around you know the cafeteria table and say wouldn't it be cool if and you pitch (laughs) all your crazy ideas and then you know fast forward to to what life was like for me when when I was working on the property was now I'm sitting at Lucasfilm around a table with a bunch of Star Wars nerd being paid to say wouldn't it be cool if and then that stuff becomes reality it's crazy like and it's canon and it's canon and it's you canon. Can- <laughs> it's, it's like I still like I don't think I fully appreciated the power that I, I wielded you know <laughs> like- I mean you've made a dent in the Star Wars universe I mean all those uh, is it legacy or uh, uh, the the old oh ones that don't count anymore. The EU, yeah, the expanded universe. Yeah, yeah like Legend. you've Legend. replaced them. <laughs> I know it's crazy, and like, and and like, I was the official translator for BB-8 for a short period. What? Like, yeah, it's it's you know, let me brush off the dirt off. Sure <laughs> no big deal. Um, it's it's crazy the things that you can get paid to do as a nerd. Uh, um. <laughs> So if you have a dream, follow it. <laughs> you know? No, it's it's so true. And, you know, I love the books, Redlands. I mean, uh, it's uh, Jordy's book. I mean, her I, I've always known her as a colorist, but then her writing was like super awesome with the, the witches. But then also I love Injection. I'm not going to lie, though. I've read um, the first two volumes of Injection. I have no idea what's going on. It's such uh... <laughs> I, I read the first volume and I was like. I was like, this is really interesting. I have no idea what's going on, but this is really interesting. So then I picked up the second volume and I was like, I still don't know what's going on, but I, this is still really interesting. Yeah, know, maybe it's, it's Warren it's, Ellis' writing. I don't know. Warren, Warren is not a traditional writer, and, and, and which, you know, has, like anything, has its pros and cons. Um, I think Injection, I think when the final volume gets out, a lot of it is going to make a lot more sense um, because each arc is following a different character essentially um, about this, you know, big picture thing that's, I don't want to spoil too much for people who haven't read it. Mm. Um, If you haven't, you should, it's Warren Ellis, Declan Shelby, Jordy, Jordy Belair. It's fucking amazing. And I'm not just saying that because I work on it. Like it started before I worked on it. So, Um, but uh, it's, 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 
you know, about this, this injection that, <laughs> that is out in the world. And, uh, yeah, so you're getting, you're getting glimpses, of, glimpses of it from different perspectives. So you, you aren't supposed to t- really know what is going on aside from the fact that what is going on isn't good. Um, so I guess and I, I think, am. I guess I am understanding it pretty well. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see perfect. Just uh, yeah, but uh, volume four is going to start coming out next year, um, early, early next year, and so more of the mystery will be revealed, and it'll be great. No, that that's exciting. So um, let's segue now into like what your role then is on these books as a comic book editor. I mean, in you know, in the indie world, you know, the forums that I'm part of, it's always about. And, um, I'm looking for a writer or I'm looking for an artist. And then there's like, hey, I'm an editor. And everyone's like, uh, I don't need you. And yet, <laughs> and yet in every mainstream, like, well, it's like the big comic books, there's always an editor. So clearly this is a very important role. What is an editor, Heather? An editor is your first set of eyes. You know, like it's your first set of eyes that aren't existing in you, the storyteller's head. Um, I think I think it's a it's a very common thing for newer creators to say, oh, I don't need an editor because they view a lot of people view an editor as this evil overlord that is going to come in and put their greasy fingerprints all over your hard work and they're going to just ruin it and rip it to shreds and 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 nobody wants that, right? But that's not what an editor does. Well, if an editor does do that, they're a bad editor. But like, <laughs> so there you go, right uh, there. Bad editor move right there. Don't do yeah, that. Yeah, bad editor move. At least wash your hands first. <laughs> um, but, you know, an editor's job is to, to make your book the very best that it can be. And, and sometimes that means saying, like, hey, you know, this scene isn't working. What do you think if we tried this? Um, you know, an editor, an editor, I think can be your best friend as a creator because they're a sounding board. You know, they're a trusted sounding board who understands story um, and narrative and world building and, and understands, you know, comic book pacing and understands the production side and has relationships with publishers. And, you know, uh, like first and foremost, aside from all the creative stuff that I do, I like to make my job I, I like to view my job is to make the creator's job as easy as possible. So that means I will handle all the scheduling. I will talk to the publisher. So you don't have to talk to the publisher. I will talk to the marketing people. So you don't have to talk to the marketing people. All you have to do is hit these deadlines and create. You don't have to worry about any of the outside oh, noise, you know, unless you want to. And because, you know, if you're a writer, as a writer, you don't want to have to talk to retailers. You don't want to have to talk to the publisher. You don't want to have to talk to print production. You don't want to have to talk, you know, like you just want to write. And so I will handle all that stuff for you. I will only bother you with questions when, you know, it's impertinent. But aside from that, you just, just write, write the damn book, you know, that you want to be. That's crazy that you're doing all these things. I, I thought it was just, you're like, you're the other set of eyes you're editing. You're like the liaison of the creative team. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what it is at a publishing house too. Like that, that was my job at Marvel. You know, my job is to be that, that point man, that, that streamlined, um, you know, helm of, of communication basically, an organization so that all the creators need to focus on is creating and doing the best job that they can do. And when something comes up that concerns them, that's 
that's when that conversation will happen. Um, and you know, like I think first and foremost, that's just a lovely asset to have as a creator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want one now. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's, it's, so that's that's the project managing side of, of what I do as an editor. But then as a story consultant and the creative side is is literally that first set of eyes. It's to, you know, look at your your pitch and say, like, well, you know, I, I don't think you have a strong enough hook that's going to, you know, a, a catch the attention of this specific publisher that that you say you want to, to pitch to. Have you considered this publisher? I think this book is more of a fit with them or. Um, you know, I'll, I'll help creators who don't have a full creative team put together yet. And I, you know, I have this great network of freelancers that I've worked with and know, and I can help cast, um, aside from, again, as we've talked about the story stuff Mm -hmm. and then the artisans, the layouts and giving notes on that and colors and letters and doing proofreading, you know, what everyone seems to think an editor's only job is. (laughs) But you're like, but apparently it's not. You're, I mean, you are, um, you're kind of like a marketer. Like you're marketing the book. You're sending emails. You're talking to everyone. I I feel almost now bad for the editor. I hope you're, they're paying you enough. (laughs) (laughs) Editors are probably some of the least paid in comics. Um, your name should be on the, on the cover. At least. <laughs> <laughs> I like to I like to equate a comic book editor very similar to like a TV or film producer. You know, it's 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 my job to pitch projects, to cast projects, to maintain budget, to maintain schedule, and to ensure the best product goes out um, as possible. And you know, that is a lot of hats to wear, um, which is why there's not a lot of people who who go for the position yeah it's true like everyone's like i want to be a, a comic book writer a comic book artist because they're like the celebrities in the tv shows they're the ones that are gonna have yeah. the, the celebrity status when the, you've got the editor on the side who's like don't worry i'll schedule all those all these things for you i'll, I'll make sure you show up on time it's fine <laughs> uh yeah but like that's i don't know i love that i love it's it's a challenge i love i love challenges i live for challenges like i don't know like it's it's one of those things where again as i said like when i was breaking in i didn't really have an interest in writing not because i didn't like writing i love writing um but i think for me it was part of the oh yeah i could write if i wanted to write i could write that's fine (laughs) like like i need i need a bit of a, a bit of a challenge to myself and i feel like being an editor there's so many boxes that you need to check for a single comic now do that six times a week 20 times a month you yeah know, flip so what's uh, the most what's the most challenging thing what's what's uh i mean maybe give an example of like a project that you worked on where maybe something was going wrong and it was up to you um i don't know if to solve it i mean is have you come i'm sure you've come across that can you oh, give yeah. us a story of that I mean, I don't want to be too specific. Uh, you can just say like there's a writer and an like artist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you you get challenges from from all sorts of angles in comics. I mean, sometimes it's a situation where you have a writer miss a deadline, and well, if the writer misses a deadline, that affects the penciler, which then affects the inker, which then affects the colorist, which then affects the letter, which then affects the and you know, mm-hmm. and it's not the penciler's fault that the writer screwed up, but you might have to take pages away from the penciler, which means a job that's, you know, 
pencilers get paid per page. And well, if you take it away from that penciler, well, that means his inker just lost a couple pages too. And a colorist might, you know, and, but, but also not only are you taking away pages, but you have to figure out which pages to take away, which pages make the most sense for a story to take away. Well, on top of that, you also want to make sure that artistically the artists that you're casting to fill in these pages also make sense to fit in with, with the, the end product of, of the book. Uh, meanwhile, you're also working on the same uh, same story, but a different arc that comes out afterwards because of scheduling reasons. Well, now you have to talk with the writer to make sure that those scripts aren't going to fall behind, to, so that you have to do the same thing again with another project. You know, like you run into to stuff like that all the time, and and like you know, shit happens, life happens, whatever. You have to deal with it. You have to problem solve because at the end of the day, that deadline's not changing. Yeah. You know, when that book goes to print, it's not changing. Um, you know, and and sometimes you get problems, not problems, but you get challenges uh, <laughs> <laughs> from from higher up in the company. You know, sometimes uh, specific instance, I, I will say is, you know, Sometimes sales and marketing, they'll be looking at that previous catalog before previous catalog goes to print and they're like forecasting what the budget for the month is going to be essentially. And they look at it and they decide, oh, we, we don't have enough content. We need to come up with something last minute. So we need to create a project out of thin air. Oh, wow. Deadpool office. <laughs> you an 80 page $10 Deadpool book. So an 80 page to, to, to get into context like previews comes out three months before an issue actually hits the, the shelves so so like previews just released November uh, solicits like a week ago so that's three months from now so we had three months to come up with an 80 page Deadpool comic and get it written drawn and sent to print uh, a normal 20-page comic takes four to six weeks to draw alone. So <laughs> it's and we did it. You know, it's it's we did it. We we came up with with a concept. It, it was like a it was Deadpool 13. It was a mini crossover event between Power Man and Iron Fist, um, Daredevil and Deadpool, and just made it this like you know insular one shot. And we we outsourced to the other. <laughs> <laughs> and we had Charles Soule write the the Daredevil part of it, and we had, you know, David Walker write the the Luke Cage and Iron Man fist part of it, and Jerry bookended the Deadpool, and but we had four different art teams working all at the same time, and you know, it's it's just you get these challenges, and you have to figure out the the best way. <laughs> You know, you have to figure out how to still come up with this kick-ass product that people are still going to like and have no clue how late you were at the office sweating over this. And within that three months, oh, wait, now we need to start marketing this book. Let now everyone know that, we have, that we're making it and it's coming out. That's a yeah, lot of work. And, Holy crap. And, and, and while you're doing all the other books that you already knew you had to do <laughs> and it must be hard because you know you're working for a huge you know marvel isn't just like a company this is a corporation yeah. and they're huge and when a higher up says you know heather we need this done you can't really be like ah. like yeah they're like we need we want this now 
That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I never thought about that as what you when you said, you know, if the penciler can't finish, um, he doesn't have time to finish that book. You have to take away pages from him or her, which means money. I've, I never thought about that. Yeah, it's it's someone's job. And, and so like it's it's always a thing where like if, if a penciler inker is late and then I have to split you know, colorist, like it, it used to piss. Well, it still does. It pisses me off so much as an editor because I'm just like, you know, I get it. Life happens, all of these things, but like communication, just always communicate. And so we can problem solve together, but like, this is someone's job. Mm-hmm. This is someone's livelihood you are affecting. And that's so, it's such a selfish thing. <laughs> and it just makes yeah. me so bad. So note to writers, you know, either if you're not going to make your deadline communicate, but let's be real, you can, you can write because drawing a comic book page is a lot longer than you typing. It's a lot longer than falling writing. off a building. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, it, it's, it's, I, I feel like it's, it's a thing that people just don't think about is like you're literally affecting someone's livelihood. You, you know, and, and comics doesn't pay much. So like you might really be affecting someone's ability whether or not to pay their rent that month. And that sucks. Next time I read a, a, a comic book and I see there's two artists on there, I'm just going to be like, oh, Maybe. Yeah, I mean, like, like it's you, you never know who, right? Like, sometimes it could be the editor that messed up. You don't know. Yeah, like, I just know that know. somewhere in this in this pool, someone something goofed. went wrong. <laughs> something went wrong. Yep. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So, um, Heather, what is then? What can you? Um, I try to keep these shows less than thirty minutes because I think people's attention spans are getting shorter and sp- shorter. <laughs> um, what advice can you give to someone who wants to be an editor? And what's the advice you can give to people who are trying to break into comics? I mean, it goes hand in hand. I think if you want to be an editor, then edit, you know, like you're not going to get paying jobs right off the bat. You're going to make mistakes. You know, first I look at my first project. I was looking at it just the other day even, and I look at it and it's, it's, I'm so proud of it because it's a thing that I did and I made not knowing what the hell I was doing. Um, but at the same time, I also look at it and I, I look at it as a thing that I made when I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what you you know what I like is you made an opportunity for yourself. There wasn't an opportunity, so you made yourself an opportunity, and that opportunity was a, you were able to succeed in it. And then when you uh, show up, you're like, hey, check what I did. I finished yeah. this. I made this. Exactly. And that's something that, that I think is so cool about comics is, is if you want to make comics and make comics and guess what? You're making comics. Like, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, the options are, are limitless today with like comiXology and webtoons and like, you know, Tumblr, you know, you can, you can have your own comic and it might not be, you know, your, your, your big dream project, but if you want to do it, the tools are out there and they're accessible and you know you can just start doing it and building an audience and meeting people like i think that is that is one of the the biggest things is like network with your class of comics creators um when i was breaking into comics there was a hashtag that was that was around but i don't really see too often right now but i like to say it with my class of comics we always used to when we talked about process stuff we use the hashtag make comics mm-hmm. um and that was like me and chris sabella and steve orlando and mags visagio and 
you know, all of these people that at the time were just amateurs, just self-publishing. And now we're all pros working in the industry, you know, network and figure out who your class of comics is, because you guys are going to be the ones that are going to be coming into the scene together and recommending each other for jobs and, you know, working together, et cetera, et cetera. And then, but yeah, just as an editor, if you want to edit, just start editing. Um, you know, you're going to kind of have to whore yourself out for free for a little bit. That's just how it goes. Um, but eventually one day, you know, someone's going to offer to pay you or one day you'll, you'll feel like you you're comfortable enough asking for a rate. Um, and you know, talk with editors, talk with meet editors there. No one ever comes to me and asks, teach me about comic editing. Everyone wants to know how to break in as a writer and artist. So I think, you will quickly catch an editor's ears saying like, tell me about you, about your job. What do you do? Um, and just find that mentor and, and yeah, just like any other creative field, you know, find a mentor and just start doing the work. Boom. Thank you so much, Heather, for um, coming on the show. This was really insightful for me. Oh yeah, no, of course. Thank you for having me. This was super fun. Um, everyone, you can find Heather um, on Twitter um, at, at Heather Antos, or you can go on her website, um, www.heatherantos.com. You can check out her Marvel, her image work. Um, I'm on her website right now. It's super awesome. And you, hey, if you need an, if you need a freaking awesome editor, uh, you can hire her. It looks like. I'm in the middle of a rebuild right now, so excuse it while I'm figuring no. out the rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it looks super good. Thanks, everyone, for, for watching. Hit the subscribe button and the, and the like button. If you have any questions or comments, put them in the comments section. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Draw and Talk. Hit the subscribe button, like, and comment. And once again, thanks for supporting me. You guys rock. <laughs>